You're listening to Bloomberg Law. I'm June Grosso. AT&T is trying to become one of the world's biggest media companies by buying Time Warner, which owns CNN, HBO, and Warner Brothers. The $85 billion wager by AT&T, the largest deal announced globally this year, is controversial and political. President-elect Trump vowed to block the transaction, calling it poison to democracy in October. Our guest is Jennifer Ree, senior litigation analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Jen, this deal is huge, and there's been criticism that it puts too much power into the hands of one company. Is that something that the regulators are going to be looking at? You know, not precisely, no. And that's certainly the atmospherics and the reaction that we've seen. There's been quite a knee-jerk reaction to this deal. But at the end of the day, what the antitrust regulators do is ask whether the combination of two companies could have the effect to harm a market down the road once they're merged by raising prices, reducing innovation, reducing choice. And they do that by asking, do they directly compete, a horizontal deal, combining you know, the products and services that they both provide um, and in that way raise the prices because they're the only provider of that product or service? Or are they in the same chain of distribution at different levels, vertically related? And could that cause harm? And this deal is a deal where the two companies do not compete. They are vertically related. But it will get carefully scrutinized, I assume, because it is just so big. What are some of the possible antitrust concerns? Well, it'll definitely get carefully scrutinized because vertical deals, although they're not considered as problematic as horizontal deals, can cause antitrust issues. And so, for instance, a very similar deal, which is when Comcast entered a joint venture with NBC Universal, was carefully scrutinized, and, and the antitrust regulators, both from the Justice Department and the FCC, determined that there could be harms that needed to be remedied. So they forced the, the, you know, the merged company to sign on to a consent order to agree to all sorts of provisions. And they'll do the same thing here because the relationships are complicated when you get into this vertical relationship and, and there can be a foreclosure effect. I mentioned a few moments ago that Trump, during his election bid, in fact, I think it was October 22nd, um, just about the time the deal was announced, said he's vehemently opposed to the deal and basically said uh, he's going to stop it. Can the president stop the deal? He cannot. Now, it's created an interesting dynamic for sure to have a Republican president make a comment like that. Um, The president does not have the authority to stop two merging companies from closing. Only a court order can do that. So even the Justice Department and Federal Trade Commission don't have the authority to do that. They have to ask a court to block the deal. And that would be the same for AT&T. Now, Where he has authority is that he will be able to appoint, when he's president, new officials in charge of antitrust at the Department of Justice, as well as at the FTC. This is a DOJ matter. And those officials, you know, are going to be expected to carry out his agenda. But... The way it's looking is pretty good for the deal because what's been bandied about in the news is Josh Wright as the person who's helping him with transition, who might even be appointed the assistant attorney general in charge of antitrust here. And he is well known to be very conservative, to be business friendly and to take a very pragmatic and economics based approach to deals. I would be enormously surprised if he was behind seeking a court order to block this deal. To talk in very broad generalities here. Describe what the Republican approach normally is to antitrust as opposed to the Democratic approach. 
Well, the Republican approach has traditionally been much just a lighter hand, more business friendly. So in other words, um, thinking about the efficiencies that are created in a deal and asking if we have concerns, how can we remedy those concerns, enter a consent order where, where you know, that alleviate our concerns rather than going to court and trying to stop a deal that could have some good effects. Um, and the, Demo- the Democrats, the direction it's been going in the last few years has been really interesting because more and more they seem to be going the direction of, well, big is bad. We, we don't like the deal and we think it could have a bad effect. So, so let's sort of work backward and, and, you know, define markets and say they have a problem in these markets that, that will ultimately have a bad effect. And, and, um, you know, again, Josh Wright is very pragmatic and believes that economics should be applied. And when you apply economics to a vertical deal, usually you see that it's pro-competitive. What deals are pending right now that are being considered by the Justice Department? And may have, will there be a change if if someone else comes in, in the way they're being viewed? Well, there it, there could be. It depends on timing, because it'll take some time to get the new officials in. But you have pending right now, of course, Alaska Air and Virgin America. Um, That's still, I, as I understand, I believe, you know, working on negotiating remedies for their deal. You have two deals that are in court right now, Aetna attempting to acquire Humana and Anthem attempting to acquire Cigna. Now, that's an interesting situation because it's in front of judges, so not necessarily affected by this change in the DOJ. But you may have – we know that Aetna has been trying to settle. And if you have somebody new who steps in and this isn't resolved yet in court, there may be a willingness by the DOJ to to come in and try to settle that matter rather than going through with the court hearing. Going back to this merger between uh, Time Warner and AT&T, it's unclear, it seems, whether the deal will be subject to FCC review. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, on the FCC side, the, the FCC would only have the authority if, if, if FCC-controlled licenses are transferred. And that's what gives them authority. And it's just unclear. You know, they do have some FCC licenses, but, but it's unclear whether they're trying to get rid of those licenses so that they don't they aren't in front of the FCC, which has a broader standard than the Justice Department does in terms of trying to stop or oppose a deal. You've been on many times, because we love to have you, because it's it's like uh, having a professor tell us in simple terms about antitrust. So let's just sort of sum up, in a way, what's been happening with antitrust under President Obama? Well, certainly it's become much more aggressive. And the interesting thing is that we, we overall hear more aggressive and a lot more enforcement. But if you dig in and you look at the statistics, in terms of the deals that get filed before the agency and then get investigated, you know, they collect documents, they take depositions, that percentage hasn't really changed over the last 10 or 15 years. It, it's, it's between, you know, 3.53 and about 4.5% kind of goes back and forth. What we've seen, though, the difference is a greater willingness in the last few years to actually litigate, to actually go to trial. You know, back when I was practicing, sometimes the attorneys would, in a way, want to play chicken with the regulators because they'd offer, we'll sell these assets and that should resolve your concerns. And the regulator would say, well, hey, that's not quite good enough. And the lawyers would say, you know, that's what we're offering. We think this fixes the concerns. If you don't like it, sue us. Take us to court. And the regulators would back off. And that's the way once upon a time it was. It doesn't happen anymore. Now they don't back off. 
And how long will a deal like this take to go through all the various hurdles? Might might AT&T and Time Warner have to give up a few things? Well, I do think they'll absolutely have to sign a consent order. I don't believe they'll actually have to divest anything, but I do think they'll have to sign on to what we call behavioral conditions, where they promise not to discriminate, let's say, against other distributors of programming content, or they promise not to discriminate against competitor content content companies such as NBCU and Comcast. Um, I think it'll take a long time, and I actually think it's probably, you know, in their benefit to drag it a little bit here and wait until the new administration officials are in there, and they're the ones that dig into this deal. I, I do, these things, you know, take a long time.